Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And 40. I remember the show up this week. <laughs> and Ham. And I'm still here. And your host Ham is coming to you recording on Tuesday night. Uh, we'll all be watching Matilda's tomorrow night on Wednesday, or tonight when you're hearing this. Um, cast our eyes back to Friday night at the Gabba. Broncos, three from three games there. Wait, uh, there wasn't a footy last week. Yeah, exactly. I wish... If um, only. If only. This this is now just a Matilda's appreciation uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, Friday night Broncos fifty four to the Eels ten nine tries to two. Sean Russell, Dill Brown going over for both of us, and one from two off the boot from Clint Gutherson. Half time twenty four nil and completely blew out in that second half. Um, Bertie, I'll start with you. I, I don't think we even need to go through the uh, the team stats because uh, <laughs> they're not good. It's like they had more line breaks. We had points pretty much. I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Bertie. Look. Look, I, I don't know how this Broncos team all of a sudden got good. Like last year, they literally fell out. They missed out the eight, and their major recruit this year was um, Reese Walsh. Now, but it shows you the important on two fronts, Bertie. It shows the importance of a being patient, and developing young guys, which is what the Broncos have done for a number of years. They took their lumps with some very talented but raw prospects in the backs and forwards, and b uh, just how important one signing can be for a team to just bring everything together. Reese Walsh was the catalyst to bring everything together. He just makes that entire engine just find an extra gear. He is just quite literally lightning in a bottle for him. But like it's they don't like even then like their forwards were were dominant forwards. But like I don't I don't understand how they get so much better. Like they're running harder, they're tackling harder, and like you look at us and we just look a shadow of ourselves. We're not tackling hard. We're just you know we're pretty much cautious. You know, and, I, and I'm going to talk about like or even with. As a club in general, like on the field, off field, we're just cautious and we just don't want to rock the boat. Whether that's wrestling in the ruck, whether that's you know pushing for marquee signings or you know recruiting, you know, or like even like complaining about the draw, like we just seem like a club. We seem like a bunch of pussies, to be honest. We don't do anything. We've got no backbone, and we just don't want to rock the boat with anything. You know, we're, like I just don't get it. Like, wh- how can you not wrestle? Like, you know, we've been arguing this this whole time. Oh, let's just don't wrestle. We don't want to give away a penalty. Fuck that, man. Win the game. Push the boundaries. You're never going to have a clean team that gives away zero penalties. You're going to give away penalties no matter what. It's rugby league, you know? You're never going to have a clean game. So just fight dirty. That's why I don't understand this team. It's just a bunch of pussies. Probably in this game, we've conceded more penalties pretty much than we have all year. Um, and they all seem to come on the first or second tackle of a set. And um, I know it's not, I'm certainly not blaming the referee in this match. Um, we were poor. Uh, contact was terrible. Um, Broncos did what they want with their will. But fuck me. There was only one team getting refed on that night. And then even for Gutho's, uh, what should have been his last try, the player who makes the tackle on him had not gone the 10 for the quick tap. And yeah. it was shown again in that Rabbitohs try as well where it, the bunker meant the to have the on offside. the whole play. <laughs> yeah. Entire team was offside for the Rabbitohs and they got away with it. Yeah. The, the, there is definitely a podcast to be had. Not Maybe not maybe like a para-podcast, maybe on the NRL podcast to really do a deep dive into the state of officiating the game because it is at an all-time bad right now. It is... Awful, uh, much like the Parramatta's form right now. Uh, but Bertie, I will, I will say this about your frustrations with the, the wrestling in the ruck. And while I do agree that we should be wrestling in the ruck like other teams, from a methodology standpoint, I can understand what the Eels were trying to do as a point of difference to try and gain an advantage. Because when everyone is doing something, it's all sort of comes out in the wash as like a you know net zero gain. Uh, and they clearly thought that there was a you know a chance to make something happen and, and get a, an advantage in the penalty differential by being cleaner in the ruck, but it backfired spectacularly. It, it, it just backfired so bad. And, yeah, it, like you said, uh, you need to get your hands a bit dirtier. 
and it, it's yeah been to our detriment this season. Unfortunately, uh, while we are the most disciplined team in the competition uh, on a game-to-game basis across the entire year, every team that comes against us miraculously becomes more disciplined. Like it, it is actually incredible how serial offenders and the worst disciplined teams in the in the competition miraculously become so well disciplined against Parramatta, and they somehow either uh, square or come out ahead in the penalty count. We've won four penalty counts all year. Like that is crazy for the most disciplined team in the competition. And you know, just just on that, like. I've, I've said for, you know, this has been our MO for a couple of years now where we don't give away penalties. Um, I think with the way our forward pack is, we've got a very big forward pack. Yeah, I think if you had a lighter forward pack, you could get away with um, not wrestling as much because you'd be able to cover a bit more ground. And But we just give away too many quick play the balls. And with our big forward pack, you know, you don't want them turning around constantly. So you got to put teams on their back. you got to wrestle. you got to bring them down. Well, first of all, it starts with strong contact, which we haven't had. So, you know, we need to fix that over the off season. But I, I just, I don't think it's it's worked. I, I, I believe we need to change uh, the way with the way our defensive strategy there because just you know, if we went with a smaller forward pack, I could understand it more. Um, but just with our big forward pack, like wrestle, make sure that our guys are on side, and then go from there. I don't even know what to say. Hey? Yeah, like for me, I was I was watching um a kids movie. I was watching Spider Man with the kids um, uh, for the first Sean, half. Sean uh, Russell's becoming a bit of a neat finisher. You know, he's pretty handy at that. If you look mechanically, what he's doing with his finishes, he's pretty good at like transferring possession of the ball to the right hand, like as in the correct hand, not the uh, left or right hand. But um, oftentimes it is the right hand, giving he's on the right sideline. So he's doing some good things down there. Um, Dejan Arce wasn't a complete turnstile in the centres, but the rest of the team was. Um, I just think we've lost confidence. Oh yeah, we look. Like, and, and I look at that opening twenty minutes, and we were right on top of the shot, Broncos. Going shot for shot, blow point. for blow, exactly. And then we copped a be- an absolutely garbage six again call against Ryan Madison. Uh, one of the worst six again calls you will ever see for literally regulation tackle. And as he was, the guy was falling to the ground. The guy's like, "Oh, nope, six again." Uh, but then we fell apart from there. Um, you're you're absolutely right, Ham. We. Uh, we are shot on confidence. And if anyone wants to see how important confidence is in a game like rugby league, look at the freaking Newcastle Knights. Like, yeah. they they were dog shit. They were dead set borderline spoon material two months ago. And, you know, you, you jag a few wins, players find a bit of form. Uh, everyone, you know, some of your fringy start sort of overperforming on their slot in terms of, like, talent and, and output. And suddenly, they're pushing for the top four. Like, you know... The New Zealand Warriors, they were another terrible team last year. They didn't make any big off-season acquisitions. They had a couple of you know guys come in like... Uh, well, I did, a coach. <laughs> well, in terms of personnel, though, they had uh, Nickel Clockstar come back. Uh, you know, RTS isn't back this year. They got a new coach. They're playing with a bit of confidence, and they're in the top four. Uh, and even the Brisbane Broncos. Bertie, Bertie asked, how, you know, how can they be uh, so aggressive, so fast, so physical... It's because confidence breeds that as much as anything. When you're winning and you feel confident playing the football, playing footy, suddenly you are chasing the collision. You're the one that's leading the line speed. You're the one that's knocking over the defender. Uh, so yeah, the eels, however, are on the reverse of that. Much like the rabbitos, uh, you know, much like the roosters for, mo- uh, for the majority of the season, uh, they're, they're all teams that are shot in confidence. So yeah, not just showing confidence. I think they've latched on to the team that they've had and maybe have not adapted to losing certain Oh, that, that, that's, that's another part of it too. But I, I wouldn't sleep on the confidence aspect of it too because uh, I think at full strength, the Eels very much still have a top eight contending side, whether they're premiership contenders is a very different 
and a difficult question to answer. Uh, but yeah, uh, between the injuries, the suspension, and and the lack of confidence, on top of what you just mentioned there, Hamish, I think they're all pretty significant factors into why a slide can happen as it did. And I also think you know, just obviously we'll dissect the season more as it ends. It's not ended yet, but. Like I, I think maybe I didn't hear of, no bell. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe a lack of talent has hurt us this year. Like we saw in the first two months of the year, for like up to round eight, our biggest loss was against the Broncos by ten points. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've competed a lot better than we have in previous years, but I think maybe it's just a lack of, you know, I, I'm I'm happy that we didn't re-sign Reed. I'm still happy with that decision. Um, Papali'i obviously took the money and ran. Murata, you weren't going to get signed anyway. But I just think we didn't go out and we didn't recruit anybody. Just someone of experience in the backs. Yeah, Jermaine, Jermaine that, Hopgood, obviously I, a fantastic pickup, but there's just no depth at this club, yeah. in, the, in the back line especially, but in other positions too. Um, I just think oh, – I think forward pack were fine. Um, I just look at that first month and our biggest loss was against the Broncos by 10. So we competed in all those games up until pretty much the 80th minute. We just didn't have – we just had a lack of talent or a lack of cohesion or something. Uh, and again – In that first two months. And, I, you know, I then you – it's only the past month or so that we've had big losses. From the 8th of July, we had the big loss to the Warriors. We had a big loss to Melbourne. Then we had a big loss to the Broncos. Whereas in previous years, we've had lot, big losses scattered throughout the year. Sort of those, those blowout scores have only happened – at the end of the campaign. Until the until this yeah. past month. Yeah, where the wheels have sort of fallen off in general. Um, but going back to those games, Ham, we're, we're a very good team across the park at full strength. Like, there are no – I mean, now with retrospect, the back line does look a bit worse than it did coming into the season. But we've got good players across the park from sort of decent to good to very good and, you know, some outstanding players in the spine in Moses and Brown when they're on form. But in those losses we're talking about, they're the games we're having, I hate using the term, but the X-factor player or the game-breaking player, you know, that we, we've been supposedly chasing or could have had in the past, whether it was, you know, the likes of Stag or Farnworth or Manu, any of those players that could have pulled the trigger on and been a bit more competitive with our offers in trying, to, in trying to, you know, get them over. They're the games that you count on for those guys to step up and make the difference. And we just, we don't have those guys. Will Penitenti is definitely the closest player outside of Moses and Brown for that. Uh, and A, he is still very young, and B, we don't always do a great job of feeding him the ball. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, yeah, we really felt the the lack of that game-busting ability this year. Um, you reckon we're also seeing a bit of a overuse of certain starting props um, contributing to that sort of burnout where their big minutes these days aren't going to have as big an impact because the last two seasons they've had to play 60-plus minutes plus rep. Um, now it's a long stint. Um, well, especially with the World Cup. Reg has had plenty of time off to stay fresh. But yes, in when the games have been available, you, there's definitely a case to uh, talk about changing up our rotation strategies, yes. I I, I, I think I'd have to... I don't know. But I think last year we've used them more um, in terms the, of... The emergence of Woody helped this year. Wiramu was definitely, once he was, you know, sort of in full form before the Liz Frank injury, uh, was definitely being relied upon far more significantly than any other prop we've had uh, in the sort of uh, junior Reg era. As I look at Reg's minutes this year, he's played over 60 minutes twice against the Sharks and against the Roosters. Other that might be that, a load management because he's been so injured and and um, also he's been suspended as well. And Joe. then I look at juniors, over 61, 2, 3, 
Joe, four over matches going. out of twenty-four over sixty. So I, I, oh, sorry, eighteen. Over, uh, so just about a quarter of those matches he's played over sixty minutes. I, I, I don't know if we've. I don't know if it's a minutes issue because we've seen Hopgood come in. We've seen Madison. Is obviously, a, he was here last year. Is it a split uh, issue? Should Junior be starting off the interchange? I don't, I don't think he's an interchange forward at this point. I think maybe you know, short in preseason. Well, they're, they're big guys. Yeah. They're old, you know. They're and I won't, I won't say they're 20s. older, but they're not at the start of their careers. That's for sure. So maybe the shortened preseason this year is really history. Also really shows that we don't handle World Cup preseasons the best. You know, the twenty eighteen preseason, and then what followed is literally why we had that big football review that led to Mark O'Neill being appointed as the general manager of football. So I don't know. Juniors, juniors played pretty much every game of football, say a club or state or international. Across the last two years, I know he got dropped for Origin free, uh, but, but then he played for Para. Yeah, he so. played for Para, so he just picked up that game in in the absence yeah. of it. Because guess which club didn't get an origin, state of origin by the Parramatta Eels. Uh, yeah, just on this, that was the second five day turnaround to travel up to yeah. Queensland to play. Uh, sorry, well, to the north to play Brisbane, and obviously the draw doesn't um, result in a fifty point flogging. But fuck me. Um, if we don't make some noise in the off-season about how bad this draw is and, you know, don't get a bloody cupcake draw like the Raiders or the Sharks next year, there's something there's something completely wrong. Well, you, we've, got no, we've got no backbone. We're pussies, you man. Don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to victim blame, Bertie, don't you? But you sort of bring it upon yourself, aren't you? Oh, my God. Like, as much as we talk shit about that guy with the fedora at West Tigers, if he if his team gets screwed, he lets everyone know. What, what happens with us? They put out a little statement, and it was like 30 words or less. Well, we are displeased with our draw, like we have let the NRL know. No, you've got to let everyone know it's wrong. It's what they did is wrong. How can we be the only team not to have a bye, right? That's just so frustrating. But you know what? Next year won't be a problem because Juniors doesn't deserve to play rep football next year. And I might be overreacting, but he's gone backwards this year. Now you can put it down towards his, you know, playing too much. But even then, like I haven't seen one run this year where, mate, that's Junior. That's he runs over someone. He's too busy looking to push the pass. He's not trying to play like Carrigan. You look at Carrigan on the weekend. He's he's better suited to that. Junior's not better suited to that. So, you know, it just it's just frustrating. There's no ah, oh, you know, I'm getting worked up right now about it. It's just oh, and one thing and one thing before we have no speed in this team. Maybe X Factor should be changed to speed because when the two two of the three top three players in our squad is you know when they're your halves in terms of speed, that's when you know we're struggling. You can't tell me, you can't have a squad built around plotters and slow people. And like, it's just, I'm just struggling. I'm just, I don't know. Just go and sign. Maybe we should just do a recruitment day to get everyone to run 100 meters. If you make it under under 12 seconds, you're in the team. There's a roster, there's 100K. But we've got no speed across any position in the whole roster besides our halves. I, look, I, I think if Dylan and Mitchell Moses are in any team, they'd be two of the fastest players in the squad. But they are quick players. So I, I don't know if that's a that's a you know it's a not it's not a knock that they're the fastest players because I think they're going to be the fastest players whatever team they're in. Like we look at Dylan Brown, look how many cover tackles he makes. He's making that whatever uh, team he's in. I, I don't know if that's a knock. I agree that we do need more speed in the backs, but I don't know if saying that just because Dylan and Moses are the fastest players is uh, you know I don't think that's a knock, but you might think it is. I just. I, bring- just I was going to say, just bring it back to the to the Broncos game. Uh, the big one is uh, Moses having that head clash in the fifth minute and playing on with a fractured cheekbone until uh, half point, and then uh, interchange with hands at half time. Hands having to mark out three wide. I know he had played some halves, but um, it was the left side of, 
defence. They got peppered in the first half, and then it was the right side that they were just running straight through, um, yeah. and especially down where yeah. Hands was defending there. And I'm not going to have a go at him because that's not his regular position, but um, there were some pretty feeble attempts there defensively. Bryce wasn't doing a great job inside of him either. Uh, there, was, there was some pretty ordinary defence there from a guy that's been pretty good in defence all season, but then that's what happens when you get different combinations thrown together in the course of a game. So, Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I think that the... It just goes to show how how much uh, edge combinations, especially defensively, especially. matter. Because we saw against the Storm, uh, obviously that left side was peppered, but that right side with Cardi, uh, especially Moses, someone that yaps as much as Moses, you know, he, yeah. he'd be talking, organised. He's good defensively too, and and that's the thing is that he not only does he get his body on in you know on the line in front of the defender, uh, he is absolutely elite with his recovery speed to sort of patch up holes down that side. You know, we can do that sort of uh, jam slide principle down that edge so well because Moses, uh, likewise on the other side, uh, Dylan Brown, but Moses comes underneath uh, with the cover tackle so uh, with so much, so much recovery speed. Is there anything else we want to raise from this game? I don't want to move on. Um, well, we are also without Andrew David due to concussion, so we're stretching those uh, edge back row stops. Oh, Bailey Simonson is not a winger. Oh, my God, Bailey Simonson. I think we're going to go on. Yeah, that, you know how people get their kicking license revoked? Um, I'm pretty sure Bowie just got his like cut out pass license revoked uh, because that I understand trying to make stuff happen, but that was so never on and could only ever go into the hands of one player on the field. And the fact that then he didn't, he wasn't the guy chasing down to make the cover tackle. Like if you make that fuck up, pardon me, if you make that mistake, you got to be there to make the cover tackle. And he didn't. <laughs> Mitchell Moses ended up uh, worsening that cheek injury uh, on the back of it. So, oh uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, Pretty, pretty rough. And, yeah. Oh, the Gab is a terrible venue for football. Uh, but then again, that's not their fault. That's, uh, you know, the, the Women's World Cup being on. But it's, even from the TV perspective, it just sucked. Let's move on to the other game that was played up in Broncos territory in the NRLW. Broncos prevailing 22-12. to 12. Ruben Terrington, Monique Donovan going over there. Rachel Pearson, two from two off the boot. Sorry. Again, here, the uh, injury curse prevails. Oh. Kelsey Albert, first game for the Eels, and uh, she lasted a whole of 25 minutes. I, I, I was so gutted for Elsie because the NRLW team hasn't been great. Like, the you know, it is what it is. They, they've had a really slow start to the season, been pantsed a few times in the first couple of weeks. I thought they actually showed a bit, a bit more resolve against Newcastle the week before, and, you know, they actually built on that last week against the Broncos. And Elsie Albert was a big part of that. That 25 minutes that you mentioned, Ham, uh, Hamish, she was – really strong. I think she had like six carries for 70 metres, a couple of tackle busts, was really setting the table for other forwards. I think Tyler Amiatu and uh, Mahalia Murphy were the two big profiteers from her tone-setting carries. They were coming on, you know, runs uh, two, three, four in the wake of her initial carry and, and were getting big metres. And then she just went down with that calf injury. And yeah, calf injuries, again, just mongrel things, aren't they? And unfortunately, it looks like it, uh, it wasn't just an injury. It looks like it was a full-blown tear or some sort because she was down and in a bad, bad way. In so, photos this week, had her in a moon boot yeah. and in a chair, yeah. wheelchair. wheelchair. Yep. So, I mean, she's gone for the season. Uh, absolute stinker for her and, you know, big boy for the team. But uh, I do want to credit our girls because I know they lost, but they showed plenty of heart against the Broncos. They made it difficult for themselves with, uh, I think, three or four errors on their own 10-meter line that spotted Brisbane – Big chances to advance the scoreboard, but they defended strongly. Uh, they, you know, attacked with plenty of guts, and yeah, they're 
they were without a couple of big players there in Albert mid-game and no Kennedy for the suspension, and they really took it to one of the you know top teams in terms of talent in the competition. And, you know, the return of Rachel Pearson and Elsie uh, Albert there really goes to show, and, like, just a change in the team yeah. with everything that they did just goes to show that the loss of elite players in this competition is still... Uh, it's it's massive. It's massive when you the the talent disparity between the elite and then the next level and then even the level below mm-hmm. that. It's huge. And I do think uh, in this game, speaking of bad officiating, Abby Church might have caught one of the most brutal knock on calls I've ever seen when she literally positioned her body back towards her own goal line off that kick and spilt it backwards, only to get it caught a knock on, and we didn't have our challenge. So uh, yeah, they they showed plenty of guts here, and it doesn't get them the win, but. It's the sort of character they can continue to show this season. Uh, I think they might actually be able to build for next year because the finals are probably going to be a bridge too far for them from this point. Oh, and four halfway through the season, uh, missing two of their you know key players, their two best forwards. But yeah, I, I really like that we saw young Tyler Amiatu looked really light in her feet with good leg speed. Yeah, so, how old is she? She, uh, was, I think she's twenty or twenty-one. Jeez, um, yeah, she, she, we've got to make sure I hold on to her. Yeah, she she showed like some real spark there. Uh, Mahalia Murphy looks really good in the back row, so I, I like that. Uh, the girls that we always mention in the back line, um, Toy Hicker did a great job marking up against Hufanga. I know she scored a late try coming, cutting back in field, but um, that was a really good um, tussle between those two centres there. Uh, and Zali Faye has been starved of opportunities in recent weeks, but you know we know there's no doubting her class. Right. Well, the other two matches that weren't played over the weekend were the flag and the New South Wales Cup, both teams having buys. Unfortunately for the flag team, that uh, Storm got a win over the weekend, uh, which hurts their chances of going in because they're still one win behind, um, but with a better points differential. Um, we've got to play Roosters this week, in the, but we'll preview that. And they Presley play coming uh, first. Yes, yeah, so third. Third. Close. Close Very close. <laughs> right, Eels news. So let's get there. The injury updates, the biggest one. So Moses, fractured eye socket. He'll be unavailable for the next six weeks. So ready to return for the grand final. Um, Dejon Arcee is set to replace him in the halves for this week and next week. Andrew Davey out with a head injury. Um, he's indefinite. Matt Dury still out. Again, expect to return final series. Uh, Hayes Dunstar, the injury is not applicable. Um, and expected return round 25. Um, okay. Uh, Josh Hodgson next season, short lane, elbow round 26. And Mitch Moses, we already covered that one. Uh, was there any big news? Um, the only one was... In the uh, NRL, there's plenty of big news, but for Parramatta, no. Yeah, the only one was that it haven't any effect really is Graham Annesley coming out and saying that uh, the referees are being unfairly targeted for their <laughs> poor performances. Um, he's the one doing it. Exactly. <laughs> he's the one throwing them under the bus, and he's their boss. Uh, the... The you're right about that, Ham. But the there is a real issue of officiating NRL right now. Uh, it it has never been this bad, and it's not. I, just I, I still come back to there's not enough of them on the field. Yeah, I, I'm it's I'm with big. you 100. percent You know, there's there, too much that happens on the in a game yeah, for three people to it's watch. Damn near the fastest professional sport in terms of like you know players on the field and what's happening in the world. You know, there are it's not like NFL where there's lots of downs and the ability to set up the officials much better every play because of it. This is, you know, rapid pace stuff. Um, you know, the, there's only one touchy on each side and they're both trying to mark offsides, forward passes, knock-ons, players being in front of the play of the ball, getting back on side. And that's, you know, that's like the one thing they're really good at. I've noticed that is that uh, the players that are, the, the attacking players that are offside from a play, 
on the play the ball, they always catch oh, the that. Downtown yeah, penalty? Not the, got to cut it. Not, not, not downtown when, like, there's a – after a kick return, the lazy forward's getting back. If they get involved in a play where they're in front of the play the ball and can never be an active player in that particular play the ball, they always catch them. Like, it's like the one thing they're really consistent on, but they, they miss so much else. And like you said, it's, I think it's a matter of eyes on the ball uh, in the game and also having some freaking consistency in the bunker, which is what was brought in for, but we just get wildly different interpretations from the same crew back on the same day. Well, just, yeah, it's, it's yep, it's, you, you can't go into it enough at the moment. It's just been absolutely appalling um, this season. And I'm, I'm with Ham. Bring back the, the two refs in the middle of the field, uh, one to uh, officiate the ruck and one to officiate the 10 metres, and then you've got your two touches. That makes things better. Um, and I, then, I, I'm, uh, I'm going one step further. I'm going four touches. Yeah. One, and one. Then, um, I don't know what you do with the bunker, though. That's the, that's the real issue is that, you know, these people get to have a look at, these replays, yeah. and like, there's, not, there's nothing you can change mechanically, can you? Because it's literally just the people in the bunker making wrong calls. I, I'm I'm still in favour of putting Graham Annesley in there, making yeah. my own the decisions. Yeah, because you know it's and what else is he paid for? You know, he, he's obviously earning a lot of money. He can sit down and watch. Well, he's, hopefully he's watching eight games of football a week. Hopefully he's watching doing that. Put him in the bunker, make him make those decisions. All right, let's preview the upcoming round of action. Jersey flag round 25, Saturday the 19th of August, 3 p.m. at Ringrose. Eels taking on the first-placed Roosters. Uh, Blaze Talungi, Jacob Davis, Lachlan Blackburn, Noah Reed, and William Latu all come in, but then we lose um, a fair few players, a couple of them from SG Ball here, in Josh Lynn, Matt Arthur, Patrick Spence, Richard Penasini, and Sam Tuavate. Uh, most of them going up to play in the New South Wales Cup. Um there's a lot of in and outs here for the Roosters too, but those names aren't as familiar to me as ours. Um, Benaya Ayoelu, very good dummy half has carved us up this year in flag and SG ball. Caleb Torhi is a former Parramatta player. Those are the only two I recognise. Um, so good luck to the uh, gentlemen there, uh, but they'll be up against it against that first place Roosters team. Uh, but let's get to the New South Wales Cup, which uh, is probably the biggest exciting um, news of the week, uh, team list-wise anyway, 5.30pm Friday the 18th of August. So this is a curtain raiser to first grade at Combank Stadium. Eagles in night taking on the Roosters in 13th. Um, so from all those outs in the Roosters uh, flag team, only Penny Tohi comes up, uh, former Eel Penny Tohi. And for us, we had Arthur Miller, Stephen returning at fullback. Hayes Dunstar comes back to a wing. Uh, Josh Lynn, Makahesi Makatoa, Matt Arthur, Richard Penasini, and Sam Tuavate all uh, lining up there. Richard Penasini at centre. Um, will he have Wonga Blake on his outside, or will he have Dunstar? Uh, she should have, I want to say, Hayes Dunstar. Okay. Uh, Depends if he, oh, well, yeah, because Jaira's been playing right side, I believe. Uh, so how many Richard plays left? Matt Arthur and uh, Sam Tuavati both coming off the bench. So uh, that's probably a good shout for, for some of those players. I, I don't like the halves pairing. No, it's, it's um, yeah, I don't think we'll like it until Jordan Rankin retires. Um, but then again, uh, the Roosters have Jackson Paulo, uh, known 5'8", playing at 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's a, a bit of desperate stakes there for the Roosters. Their captain is Corey Allen at fullback, um, former Bulldogs reject. Uh, so um, Taipari there at half. Yeah, Smoke and Joe, he's been doing all right for them, even though their team's been pretty ordinary this year. 
I think they're running last in this competition. So, yeah, good to see Joe Paul, like, you know, putting together a bit of a campaign there in reserve grade. But, yeah, very excited for this team for us boys. Some premium young talent there. Um, I, my big – it's not a concern. Uh, that's – it's no idea. Uh, it's obviously a showcase for the future, but the question will be how quickly are these uh, young lads going to be ready for NRL? And right now, if I had to put a timeline on them, I wouldn't expect them to play NRL next year. Uh, so while it is going to be fun to watch them go around, uh, this will be more of a, a taste for the future rather than for or for the sort of down the road future rather than for next year. I don't know. I you know you obviously don't want to hype them up too much and put too much pressure on them. I think Rich Penasini could take a similar path to his to his older brother there, where he plays half a year in in cup, cup brains it, and then makes his makes his first grade debut and stays in there. I, mean, the big I, just, I just have a feeling because I've, I've seen him progress from what he was last year to this year. Taking big strides, yeah. Huge step up for him from what I've seen of him last year. Um, the big thing for Richie. And if, if, he's, if he's half the character his brother is, you know, half the temperament, half the attitude, then he's still, he's still going to have a damn good attitude towards training in first grade. The big thing for Richard in his favour, I think, Ham, is that after being really good in what we got to see from SG Ball uh, this year, he then you know went to Jersey Flag and physically has been the match of every centre he's gone up against. You know he hasn't been overawed or overpowered uh, in those direct physical contests, which is you know a, a great first sign. So I'd be keen to see how he goes up against the uh, the bigger bodies in the cup. Uh, it's not it's not anywhere near the caliber of opposition centre that his brother saw when he started playing for, uh, cup going back to what was it twenty twenty one. So, was it 2020 or 2021? Uh, 2021. There you go. But, you know, it'd still be good for him to get some senior football. Uh, Although, if he does play, I I think he might be up against Robert Toyo, who's uh, Rooster's absolute gun they've brought over from New Zealand. He's played four games, and he's averaging 150 runs 50 meters a game so he gets, he gets the hot, runs. Hot, hot young talent <laughs> yeah. but i remember when will was playing cup that year ham he just got like a absolute murderer's role of reserve grade centers that were all like plus nrl centers yeah. coming, coming back from like injury or you know being uh, dropped because of uh you know off-field discretions or something like that so yeah it'll be very good for richard i'm keen to see how buds handles it because you know he's going to be you know you know fiery and getting in there He's had some um, really red-hot form in the flag. And then Sam uh, Tuovaiti, he is uh, like almost like the prototypical NRL forward build, isn't he, Ham? He's you know, big, mobile, aggressive, great work rate on both sides of the ball. He's been among the best players in his age group at every level in the junior reps. I think he's you know, cleaned up the awards uh, stuff at each uh, sort of a junior rep stage. So he's a, you know as blue chip a forward prospect as you get there, but he's still very young for this, so... Keen to see how he managed to, or how he's used in this game. Then on to the Telstra Women's Premiership, which will see the Eels taking on the Valkyries. That's the unofficial name, I think it is, of the Raiders. Um, Sunday, the 20th of August, which will be on 9, 9 now, KO Foxtel. A um, couple of ins there, um, but obviously the big out, Elsie Albert. Um, you know, the Raiders team has been going fairly well this season. Uh, they'll happy, be up against their good. former... Former Eels, Samima Taufa at lock there. Um, what can you say? Yeah, Taufa, Quinlan, yeah. Kelly Signs, Patessa Leo in the extended roster. There's a few ex-Eels there. Uh, so Canberra have probably been the most consistent expansion team this year, and they've been uh, very, very good across their first four games. So 
Eels going to do it tough in this one. I think it's a you know road trip to the, the capital, and uh, they're very much short on troops. So if they if they're competitive in this one, I think they're doing well. Yeah, I guess they've got Rachel Pearson. That helps <laughs> steer the yeah. ship around, but outside of that, it's really hard to see uh, this team stepping up to overpower a team that's uh, running pretty far up there in the competition. Uh, let's get to Friday Night Affair. Eagles in 10th, taking on the Roosters in 11th, which um, Fox Sports, God bless their souls, are just uh, still poking this one up as a uh, potential teams making the eight. Um, yeah. you know, I guess I guess there is a potential, but uh, it's quite a long shot. 8pm, uh, Comac Stadium, Channel 9, 9 now, KO, Foxtel, Ham, sorry, I cut you off there. Oh, no, I was uh, just going to say, it's, there's always a mathematically possibility until it's, until it's not mathematical. You might have, we might have to bring in uh, Robert J. Oppenheimer to do the maths for us, but until it's not mathematical, it's still a shot. All right, well, the Roosters returned back a couple of players uh, that they have been missing. Uh, Sam Walker in the halves, Angus Crichton in the forwards. Nathan Brown, former Eel, uh, comes back after he stood out some time for that uh, match where he got sent off, what was it, for a swinging arm or something to that effect? Oh, he's, not, he's on reserve bench, though. I was hoping between him and Victor Adley, you might have been able to have at least 20 minutes spent on the in the sin bin. Right, let's look at this team list. James Tedesco, captain, fullback, General Tupo and Suali'i on the wings. Billy Smith, Joey Manu in the centres. Luke Keery, Drew Hutchinson in the halves. Jared Warrior, Hargraves, Lindsay Collins starting props. Brendan Smith at nine. Uh, Sioa Wong and Nat Butcher in the second row. Victor Radley at lock. Sandon Smith, Fletcher Baker, Ty- Terrell May, Angus Crichton all on the bench. Extended bench, Sam Walker, Dylan Napa, Corey Allen, Palger and Nathan Brown. For the Eels, we have at fullback, Clint Gutherson, Maker Sivo, Sean Russell on the wings. Sivo returning after his four weeks on the sideline. Will Penasini and Bailey Simonson in the centres. Bailey, it's good to see you at centre. Yeah. Uh, Dejan Arcee, Dill Brown in the halves with Moses out for that cheek injury. RCG returns from his four weeks on the sideline with Junior Polo or Paolo in the starting props. Joey Lussick at nine. And here's where things get a bit weird. Jermaine Hopgood starting second row. Uh, Bryce Cartwright, the other second rower. Joe Offangawi at lock. Luca Moretti, Ryan Madison, Widermu Gregg and Brendan Hands on the interchange bench. Makatoa, Wonga Blake, Ogden, Rodwell, Murchie all on the extended bench there. Bertie, I'll start with you. Oh, I'm sort of shitting my, shitting my pants right now. Just thinking Joey Manu can just tear this game apart. You know, like, you look what Reese Walsh did, you know, and he's just a miniature, he's just a small player. Like, Joey Manu, like, we could... See, one thing that pisses me off with this team in defense, right, is, like, the first two tackles or even three tackles, we can just, you know, we can be very solid. You know, we have our line, we've got, you know, it's intact. And then just one tackle will just fall off. And like the dummy half will just scoot at twenty meters, and then it goes from a really bad, a really good set defensively to like a really bad one. So Joey Manu, for God's sake, if you see him at dummy half, he's just going to run the ball. I know it; everyone knows it. So if he just, if we can just limit him, I feel as though we can probably squeak out a win. But look, it's not going to be easy, you know. Um, relying on Dylan Brown, you know, it's his, you know, f- f- third game back to run the side. Uh, I have no faith in Arcee, you know. You know, God bless him; he's done his best, but. Clearly out of his depth, um, but uh, yeah, just listen. I don't care about the result. If no one gets suspended this game, that's a dub in my eyes because <laughs> we seem to be someone gets suspended each week, you know. So we're injured. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if Brad Arthur gets suspended. I was, was going to say, what about injuries? 
Oh, injuries, we can't do nothing. You know, we, even our women's sides get injured. I wouldn't be surprised if the, you know, SG Ball, even though they won the grand final, they're in the off-season, someone's injured now. Like, we just got too many injuries. Injuries we're not going to fix. Suspensions, yeah. You know, if, if we can just have no injury, no suspensions, that, that's a dub in my eye. That's improvement, actually. So, yeah. 40. Yeah, I mean, technically, both teams are mathematically in the hunt for the finals, but it's very, it's a very difficult sell to their respective fan bases uh, to, you know, say that they're, you know, still alive. Um I am, in a way, morbidly curious to see if the return of Sivo alongside Dylan being there and, and whatnot and Bowie back in the centres can fix that left edge uh, or at least get it back to some sort of operational capacity. Does Reagan Campbell-Gillard alongside Junior and Joe in that starting ruck rotation allow the Eels to have one last sort of dominant hazard in the ruck? We haven't really dominated the ruck for, well, what, since the Dolphins game? Is that yeah. then? Uh, so... You know, can this Ford pack come together and, and do what it's meant to do? I don't know. Um, the Roosters, they've won the last couple of games. They're doing better than they have been for most of the season, but they're still pretty ordinary. Um, yeah, it is very hard to be hyped for this game. It's our last home game of the season. If Even if we do make the finals on that mathematical, you know, slim chance, we're going to be slotting into the eighth seed there, which means you're away every round. So, you know, that's... It sucks to have your last home game, you know, almost a month before the season ends, but that's where we are for this draw. Uh, and, yeah, so I don't know if Combank's going to be, you know, a big turnout on Friday night given how we're travelling, but it would be nice to see some numbers there. And hopefully, um, I sort of wrote about this on Team with Tuesday, I think one way or another this week, with no Mitchell Moses and the chips down and yet you're still in the hunt for the finals technically, I think we're going to learn a lot about, like, this team moving forwards. Um, I think... I don't want to extrapolate too much from one result, but I think how they bounce back from the absolute ass kicking that Brisbane gave them this week with the guys they've got back and the guys that they've lost uh, will tell us a lot about whether 2024 points towards a full rebuild or a retool. Um, you know, whether these guys still have the hunger and still have the fire and the drive to, you know, turn it, turn things around when they're tough and, uh, you know, whether we can, you know, retool around that or we need to start looking at shaking up this roster. Well, Sam, um, I'll start off with something I don't like. I don't like Hoppy on the on the edge. Um, I could I can sort of understand why it's happened. Uh, I can see that there's some similarities between him and Lane um, with their ball playing and their offloading. Um, obviously, Hopgood's got a very high work rate. I just I would really love to see Dylan. You know, it, it might be a bit out of left field, but Luca Moretti in that spot. I, I, I'd I'd love to see Luca and Dylan next to each other. I think they'd they'd play really well alongside each other. Luca would just hit it up all day, as hard as he can, as fast as he can. Um, and I think someone running that line, that hard line that off Dylan's hip, would really open up the outside and Dylan's step back on the inside as well. Um, and see why we do it. I just don't like it. Oh, you know, Sevo, you've had a month off, mate. Hopefully, hopefully comes back and doesn't get uh, dominated first tackle. If he gets, if he gets put on his back first tackle, we've got to sell him. We've got to sell him. I don't care what happens for the rest of the game. On that first tackle, you should not be getting put on your back, put on your neck, whatever. If you have a slow play the ball, they should be writing up a contract to another team. I don't care what we pay. We just can't have him anymore if that happens. And what I do like, I like our forward pack, obviously. <laughs> How could you not? Um, I just hope that we go come in with this game like we did at the start of that Dragons game where we played smart football. We weren't 
we weren't um, turned away from playing to our edges. We still wanted to play football, but it was smart. It wasn't stupid offloads. It wasn't whatever, because with this game, we don't have Mitchell Moses' kicking game to get us out of trouble if we're on our 30-metre line. So this is where our back five, especially Micah, really need to pick up this week, really need to make sure they're not getting pushed back, they're not getting put on their back. Find their front, get a play of the ball, and then we can work off that. Sounds like you've summarised it well there, Ham. Um, that's where I see it happening. Is Both of these teams look a lot better on paper than they have oh, put out this season. Look at Roosters team. And like, Stacked. It's still scary. You're just like, where have you gone wrong? Like, you look at Parramatta, there's still players there. You're Gutherson, you're Benassini, uh, Dylan Brown, Campbell Gillard, Bolo, Hopgood, Cardi to an extent, um, Madison. Those players, yeah. Other players, you can go, okay, I can see where it's gone wrong there. But that Roosters team, like, I, I, in, I don't know. starting I don't lineup, have... outside of probably, and no offense these players, Hutchison at seven, Wong. Oh, and... Billy Smith. And that, but Billy Smith, I think uh, he's had a terrible run with injuries, but he's certainly a first grade centre. Um, but yeah, you look at what's that? If you take out Billy Smith, nine out of their starting thirteen are probably up there rep quality. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's incredible. Um, and then even on the bench, Angus Crichton. At one point, he was talked about at State of Origin. Oh, he played State of Origin, didn't he? Yeah, he played for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, all right, the Roosters certainly have the wood over us. They won that uh, corresponding fixture earlier season, 28-20. Uh, the corresponding game last year, 26-16 to the Eels. Uh, that was a home match. So now we are back at Combank Stadium. Let's hopefully we pack it out. Um, but our record against the Roosters is pretty poor. 14 wins, 25 losses, one draw in the NRL head-to-head era. Uh, Roosters... 10 wins this season, us on 11. Um, the Roosters completing less than us, tackling a little bit better than us, averaging six points less, uh, but conceding one less point than us. And their average play the ball speed is a lot quicker than ours across the season. So we're certainly up against it this week. Um, who did the Roosters play last week? I forget. Dolphins. Dolphins. And yeah, they did enough to get over them pretty easily. Uh, if we're going to dish up what we dished up last week, we are going to get throttled. Um, so hopefully there is a big turnaround. Bertie, I'll start with your predictions. Uh, so I'm going to go Parramatta 18, Roosters 12. Uh, first try scorer, um, I'm going to go Hopgood on the edge. I don't know how, but why not? Chuck it. Who cares? Maybe he might get off a kick, you know, you know, crossfield kick. You know, he might show. Is he good in the air? I'd, I'd say he's good in the air. But, um, yeah, I'm... Oh. It's going to be a close game. It might be a boring game the first half, so and I'll just live it up in the second half. But, yeah, I'm not too uh, thrilled about this game. The Roosters have only scored 380 points this season. That's incredible. To our 543. Yeah, when you look at uh, Tedesco, Manu, Tupo, Kiri, Walker, Brandon Smith was supposed to be the, the silver bullet to get them back into the grand final contention. 40. Yeah, I don't have a great feeling about this week. I could definitely see the Roosters uh, getting us here um, in a pretty you know, ordinary game. With that said, even though the head is saying Roosters get this one, I will tip the Eels to win their final home game of the season. Got to go off the – I don't know if it's the heart at this point, maybe the soul, um, whatever's left of it this year. And, uh, yeah, go for – I don't know what the scoreline is in this one. Maybe 26 to 18 – um, I'm going to tip a good day for the Penasini brothers. 
um, with both of them to nab tries. I'll go with both of them first try scorer, hell. And then, uh, yeah, so Richard for cup first try scorer and Will for NRL first try scorer. The double penetration, I like it. Yes. Bill's up inside you. Him. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough one. Both teams should be a lot higher than where they currently are. Uh, Roosters, you know, you know their, their form was starting to look a bit better, but how much is that against teams that they've played? Parramatta down on confidence, so I don't know what the shot in the arm will be to get them confident again this week, but hopefully an early try um, on that. Parramatta, Parramatta 25 to the Roosters uh, 18, I, I guess. Um, first try scorer, hey, hey Bailey, ooh ah, I want to know if you'll score a try. That's you're, who I'm going first try scorer. You're a great fan tipping anyone on our team to kick a field goal with Moses out. I think Gufferson's got a career Gutho. field goal against Canberra. Oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're thinking too logically here. Uh, Dylan Brown also did it, Harold Matthews, against the Panthers in the semi final. So there's another one. Um, Junior Bolo. We've got it. We had a. We've had some forwards kick field goals previously. Uh, he's, he's going to slot one over as as a nod to our New South Wales <laughs> Cup coach. Uh, for me, twenty four twenty Eels victory and put me down for Sebo first try score. You went to us, mate. Get in there, ruck hard, score some tries, fall Don't over, shit. <laughs> fall over the line, merchant. Hey, um, might be a you know stupid idea. Why not chuck him on the edge? He's big enough. He d- I do not want him making. 20 tackles. tackles a game. Well, he has to pay us back, man. He's done nothing all year. He might as well get his hands dirty, you know? So why not uh, put nah. him on the edge and then bring up uh, Pinacini's younger brother? I like the sign of that idea. Or we could just drop Sevo. <laughs> yes, no, we're, we're paying him too much money, man. We're, yeah. We're going to pay him. We're going to pay him. <laughs> all right. Well, on that positive note, let's wrap it up there and uh, go the Eels on over the weekend. Go the Matildas. Uh, oh, just before we finish. Just before we finish. Sorry, sorry. Sorry to cut in. Sorry to cut in. Just before we finish. Um, I know I understand that no one from the club will hear this, but hopefully the players all walk around the edge of the. I don't care win, loss, or draw, whatever. I just want the whole team to walk around after Sign the game. Sign off on the season with the fans. Yeah, yeah, because like we don't do it enough. No, we we, we, we are very poor at fan engagement we, at home games. Like we throw some footballs in there, players. which is which is great. But you know, go up and you know give some high fives, take a picture, sign some stuff. Like they're. People pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars a season to come see you guys. You know, and I will not hear this blasphemy. We have DJK time at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got someone else this week. Do we? We got someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's got a mullet and wears a flannel. So, whatever that may probably cop playing Cotton Eye Joe for the whole fifteen minutes of halftime. Better, better hear nobody likes a bogan being blaring out in the uh, the PA system. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, hopefully the players spend half an hour. After the game, signing autographs, taking photos, doing whatever, but do something. Do something. Well, hang on. Sorry, I know this is extended. Will there be like a, you know, like a um, on the big screen showing who's the players leaving us and they do it after the last game? Yeah, they usually do it in the last games. Yeah. They do a farewell to anyone that's departing. I can't wait to see the recruitment side coming to the club. It's going to be to be announced and nil. They, they don't do the uh, newcomers thing, but yeah, you're going to be waiting on that one for a bit, I think, Bertie. We've got some work to do. Got some Sevos to sell. Oh, jeez. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap up there. Um, as I said, go the Eels, go the Matildas. Uh, let's get some wins. Go back.